0: You guys know what time it is. Welcome back to our podcast, Go Native: The Business of Native Plants. My name is Mitzi Sosa, and I am your host. So, in our journey to try to talk to as many native plant business experts as possible, today we are so excited to have Roger Triplett in the house.
1: Well, good morning. My name is Roger Triplett. I'm co-owner of Green Seasons Nursery in Parrish, Florida. We're a native plant. Producer.
0: Roger Triplett is co-owner of Green Seasons Nursery with Mark Holdren, who is his business partner and brother-in-law. Their nursery is located in Parish, Manatee County, Florida. They produce dozens of different ornamental quality native flowering grass and shrub species in large quantities for use on coastal and upland landscapes throughout the southeastern U.S. and the Caribbean. In full production, Green Seasons can produce one million plants. That's insane. Let's get started by getting to know more about Roger. So really, we're going to start at the beginning of the story. Roger, tell me a little bit more about how you got into the business of growing and selling native plants.
1: Uh, We bought this business. It was already existing in 1995. The fellow we bought it from he was a producer of sea oats. At that time, we only had him and his former business partner, and those were the only two producers commercially that we knew of of uh, sea oats. From what we've been able to garner historically speaking about that particular plant, the actual production of sea oats began at our nursery back in the late 70s. That's
0: a really cool fun fact.
1: That was before the term tree hugger. <laughs> you know. Anyway, they did it because of the need to uh have it to conduct testing and stuff for a timber company that they worked for in developing uh biodegradable cloths and things like that and uh around the time they started working with them, um uh, the EPA came into existence. And suddenly they couldn't just walk out on the beach and dig up sea oats and panic grass or any other herbaceous material and use them to anchor these um, biodegradable cloths down. So they started harvesting seed and they started growing sea oats. And then it became, hey, we got something here. Maybe we can market this out. And uh, they found out that through their efforts, they were able to start getting uh, some of the state organizations to uh, start using these uh, along with some of the dredgings that were going on offshore. And um, that's kind of the way they got started. We saw it as an opportunity because the fellow we bought it from wanted to get out of the industry. He'd been in it and he was over, he was about 72 years old. And he said, I've had all the fun I want to have. And uh, so we bought the business. And other than sea oats and doom sunflower, he really didn't grow anything, and some panic grass. He really didn't grow anything else native. Everything else he did was non-native. So what we did, we got in and we started working on getting away from the non-native varieties. We started doing some shrubs like Walter's Viburnums and Simpson stopper. So we have about an acre of greenhouse production going now. Essentially getting into this, I knew nothing about the industry. So I'm one of those kind. And uh, I was not prepared for what I got into, but because I was taking money out of my pocket, and this is what I did for a living, I really learned quick. And you know, all you gotta do is pay attention and ask questions, cause there's a lot of people out there that'll give you a lot of answers, especially using uh, soils, fertilizers, chemicals, this, that, and the other. And all of these things are gonna be part of the whole equation whenever you're looking at this.
0: So after buying the nursery, you had the knowledge that you needed to run it or how how did that go?
1: I started in this industry in nineteen ninety one as a broker and uh, we were or a re wholesaler if you will so it depends upon what how you want to phrase it um we were doing business all over basically South Florida from the Tampa Bay region down to Naples and from um West Palm Beach, south into Homestead. And uh, we, had a, we had a very profitable, had a good business going. I had traveled so much in an earlier occupation I was in. I, was a, I played drums and traveled in a band until I was 30 years old. Nice. I was, you know, I lived out of the suitcase sometimes for months at a time on the highway. Just one city after the next, after the next, after the next, moving around. And, you know, then here I am. I'm 40 years old. And I start getting back into this, all this traveling, actually 36 years old. And I'm doing all this traveling. And I was like, maybe I can bring this in for a landing. So that's when I really started putting a lot of time and effort into it. But I had the one job going on that gave me the monetary sustenance I needed in order to build this other business, which is what we have now. And then we got to uh, where we started in 98, started doing trade shows, cause you have to get out there and market stuff and, and get it out. And of course, native plants at that time, I mean, they weren't even popular and uh, except within a very small fraternity of people around the state and around other states too. So, after doing trade shows now since 1998 uh, and getting out there, and sometimes I was doing seven or eight shows a year. Uh, all around the southeastern U.S., it worked. I mean, you know, it got our name out there. It put us out in front of uh, the people that needed to be and we needed to be in front of. Other growers typically just, you know, they just kind of giggled at what we did and said, hey, there's those guys. They're nice guys, but all they grow are we. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, here we go with this. And I had, I had to hear that all the time. And especially from people we used to do business with whenever we were brokering. And they say, how's the weed business going? But anyway, the weed business has turned out really nice. <laughs> we, um, we, have a, we have a good business now, a very profitable business. We are just a niche within the horticultural industry. And it's, you know, right now it's just a very small niche. I feel now is the time, especially if you're a young person, and you've got a lot of energy because it's going to take energy, now's a great time to get into this. Now's a good time to learn because there's still people around that can answer questions. But I think it's a great time for somebody who's thinking about getting into the horticultural industry. If they're looking for something they can really become passionate about, I think that native plants are a great thing to be passionate about.
0: I think that that message will make a lot of our listeners very happy. In terms of what you're growing right now in your nursery, how did you choose what to grow apart from the sea oats?
1: Well, we started out with the sea oats. Now we do about 95 species of native plants. We do probably, I think it's about 25 species of salt-tolerant native plants. Uh, besides the sea oats, we we do have we do kind of specialize in that environmental zone that is right along the shoreline. But we also do about 45 species of wildflowers now.
0: When did you start growing wildflowers?
1: We got, we didn't get into the wildflowers until, well, everybody knows what happened in 2008. At 2008, we were still growing some non-native species along with our native species. Because we were small, we're only about seven acres now, we couldn't compete against the large-scale growers of these non-native species because these guys... They could hammer us. So in the grand scheme of things, I was really small potatoes. And because uh, we had had a great, we had really had a great business right up until December of 2007. 2008 started. By the end of 2008, we saw our income cut in half. I mean, boom. 12 months.
0: Wow.
1: Went from point A to point B. And point B was not a comfortable place to be in and that's when we started looking for uh something else and that's when I said wildflowers let's try wildflowers
0: what would you recommend for someone that's just starting to grow native plants would you recommend that they begin with a wide variety of plants to have a variety or to try to specialize in a specific environment or even a specific plant that is not as common out there
1: you know, don't try to grow everything. That's, that's a bad idea. Um, I was told by a fellow, his name is Dave Sinclair, when we first bought the nursery, he said, hey, you guys, what you need to do, you have a little place. You need to specialize and don't do any more than six to eight species of plants. What you have to understand if in, with the industry is this. If you're going to do something and you're going to advertise that you have these plants, don't grow a hundred of them because the first phone call that comes in is going to eat your 100 up and then you're back to square one again. You have to grow these plants in large numbers. If you're going to be a commercial nurseryman, you have to decide what you're going to do. And whenever you do it, you do it big. What you need to do is concentrate on the, the sea oats, and what what complements the sea oats in in that same uh, coastal zone so concentrate on that so that's kind of where we did. We started with the sea oats and then we moved into about eight other uh, plants stuff that could all be sold either as a uh, finished liner or as finished four inch or finished one gallons. <laughs>
0: so it's definitely smarter to just kind of pick what you are going to focus on and grow that instead yep. of just trying to Grow everything. My next question for you is more along the lines of, you know, in talking about what to do and what not to do, there's certain things that sometimes you only learn the hard way or because someone told you. So, is there some things that you wish you had known before you started your your native plant business?
1: How much it was going to cost to get into it in a big way. This is not a cheap industry to get into. Uh, And it's it's an industry where prices have been low and they've remained low historically for decades. Uh, It's not like any other industry out there. I mean, hey, I went the other day and bought bought five sheets of half-inch plywood and they cost $40 a sheet. I could have bought that that same material three years ago, and I'd only been paying $12 a sheet for it. Uh, Our industry, we get price increases quarterly. And we have, for the 25 years that we've been in existence, we have had price increases either annually, semi-annually, or quarterly. It's, it's just, I mean, it's just happened. Soils. A load of soil that I use now costs $2,700. I could have bought the same load of soil in 1995 for 750 bucks. And that's just one component. Fertilizers, chemicals, pots, propagation trays, ground cloth, irrigation equipment, wells, pumps, equipment to drive your plants and be able to haul them and move them everything it costs a lot of money so you have to think you have to be thinking budgetarily while you're thinking about the big picture of hey this is what i want to do you have to be uh, very cognizant of what's going on around you and how you spend your money um the uh the the money part of it that is the one thing that I wish I had understood more of getting into it. Um, Secondly, the marketing part of it. Marketing is a very key component of anything, no matter whether you're making widgets or whether you're growing plants. You got to, you have to have some sense about marketing. And uh, we spent a lot of money over the years marketing, a lot. And we're just a small, we're just a small thing. But it's worked out. I mean, the marketing, we spent the money, but we've got it back. And, you know, we've got it back and a whole lot more besides. You know, it's just like any business. You get your name out there and, you, and then you actually show that you can do this consistently, crop after crop, year after year. And that's what you got to strive for.
0: And for people that are just coming in now, apart from, you know, telling them that right now it's a really great time to be passionate about natives, is there something that you think that they should focus on learning before they learn it the hard way?
1: Uh, As far as the workplace goes and everything, I mean, there's... We really try to watch out for our employees because without employees, I don't have a business. And anyone that's wanting to get into this industry is gonna realize very quickly that they're gonna have to start taking on employees and they're gonna be responsible for people and their livelihoods. So these are things you have to think about too. If you're gonna get into it, if you wanna do it for a weekend, uh, to be able to have weekend sales or allow people to come in and that's all you ever wanna do, that's one thing, You you can do that by yourself but if you're going to actually get out and do it the way we're doing it, you're going to have to get a mindset of how you're going to, you have to learn managerial skills because you're going to have to manage your employees. You're going to have to learn to manage uh, with the help of your accountant. Uh, you're going to have to learn to manage uh, waiting through government regulation. In Florida, you're going to have to learn how to manage your uh, uh, dealings with water management districts. Um, you, it, when, you're, when you're in the nursery industry doing it the way we do it, or the, whether you're our size, or whether you've got 250 acres of production, you have to learn to wear a lot of hats. So if you, but if you're start, just starting out and you're starting small, these are, these are hats that you can put on one at a time, you know, and you can start building up your collection of hats.
0: Apart from the regulation um, changing over the years, is there anything that has made it easier for for people to become native plant growers?
1: Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it, you, it, it's we still deal with the same set of headaches that people that have large ornamental nurseries growing non-native species. Uh, we still deal with the same headaches: supply. Uh, Right now, we're going through a lot of supply problems with various things, various components, pots. You know, over the last four months, I've had major issues with pots. Uh, And, you know, one day you make a phone call, you can't find pots anywhere. And then you're sitting back going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And and then all of a sudden you get a phone call from one of your suppliers and say, guess what? We just got a tractor trailer load of pots in. And you're like, outstanding. Bring me. XXX of them, of each one of these sizes right here. Uh, the, it's it, like I said, there's not not a lot of difference between what we do and what anyone else does. If we're just doing natives as opposed to non natives.
0: Guess moving on a, a little bit from all of the difficult things that are kind of going to be thrown into anyone that's starting the in this industry, what has been the most rewarding thing for you uh, in this business?
1: Um, selling something to someone who knows not how to use it, giving them the directions on how to use it correctly and having them call you back in three or four months or six months or a year from now and say, I just want to thank you for the information that you gave me and I want to thank you for pushing me to use these plants instead of the other plants that I wanted to use because what a difference it's made. My neighbors didn't do what I told them you said to do. And now they're having problems. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's great. So I, I, I mean, I get a kick out of that. I mean, that one really makes me feel good. And when, you know, whenever you do something, when you're in business for yourself and you get somebody and they really call you with a heartfelt uh, testimony to you that, hey, Thank you. You steered me in the right direction. and I appreciate that. You kept me from making a mistake that was going to cost me money that I would have had to correct eventually. So, that, you know, those are the kind of things. The earth can only bear so much pressure. And it's going to. That's why I like what I do, because I'm trying to. I like to think that I'm growing the product that I'm giving back and helping people to retain some semblance of uh, use by the indigenous creatures that live around us. Because, I mean, it's, if you don't have pollinators, let's face it, if you don't have, if you don't have pollinators, uh, you know, it can get pretty scary out there. Everybody likes to eat. And, uh, it, that's definitely a problem that people need to be concerned about.
0: Well, we'll see what, <laughs> what the future holds. Um, you're right. Well, on that note, Roger, thank you so much for joining
1: us. Okay. Thanks for having me. And uh, <laughs> you take care of yourself and be safe out there. Wear your mask. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yes, we hope everyone is staying safe and subscribe right now to Go Native, the business of native plants, new episodes every month. And be sure to visit our website, nativeplanthort.org, to learn more and support us. Thank you everyone for listening and see you next time.